You're a brave boy, Speedo. Yeah, faster than you, me. On your marks, get set, go! God's not dead or whatever was that? It might have been. Some, I don't know. I remember I, I, had a, I had a friend tell me like he got like <laughs> like he brought a girl over, put on fireproof, and you know <laughs> they had a good night afterwards. I was like, that's that's the, some of the craziest shit I've ever heard. Fi- just put on a Christian movie that a Kirk Cameron. <laughs> so uh, you know, respect to oh yeah, I, I watched. Courageous, which is a uh, some like I think it's cops saving their marriages. Damn, that sounds sick. awesome. That's sick. Well, you know, if we've seen <laughs> if we've learned anything from the Shield, you know, it, it, if a cop stays together with his marriage, if the marriage is doing well, he might be treating people well in real life. You know, so mm-hmm. cops, you got to stay married. <laughs> True, and cops' wives. Think of it as like do better. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a terrible thing to say uh, because cops have a very high rate of spousal well, abuse. Well, yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, uh, but look, we're just having fun on this show. <laughs> hey man, we don't mean anything anything yeah. by it. We're just talking about movies. Yeah, just, we're move- just talking about movies. We're film fans first and foremost, <laughs> more than anything. You know who's a film fan first and foremost is Sylvester Stallone. He is. The he auteur really is. of our film today, Paradise Alley, his 1978 film. Uh, the His original first movie, he wanted to make this before Rocky. And apparently the, uh, like, I think he was writing it as a novel and there was some rights issues and it kind of got hung up in limbo. And then he made Rocky and then he was able to make this with that Rocky clout. And it's one of the only non like franchise movies he's directed. You know, he did the Saturday Night Fever sequel, Staying Alive, strangely enough. Uh, but he's done like Rocky sequels and he did 2008's Rambo. And then he did this, this insane kind of vanity project. And to the extent where brother Frank Stallone plays a nightclub singer uh, who gets a fair amount of camera uh, screen time, <laughs> like more than necessary mm. for sure. But you got to get your bro in there. It's a family business. Yeah, this is a this is also kind of like a very specific type of film that I get, I feel like isn't as popular anymore, but this is like kind of like the period piece gangster movie mm-hmm. where it's like like oh this is like, you know, somewhere where like Stallone could show his talents for for fans of the show Entourage. I feel like like the whole movie Queens Boulevard that they talk about is like almost kind of feels like similar to this like Paradise Alley, but um Tell me about Queens Boulevard. I I, yeah. I haven't seen a frame of Entourage. Is this like a movie that they're trying? The characters are trying to make. 
No, it's this. Yeah, it's like a, it's a it's like an indie movie that one of the stars stars in. That's like a it's like a about you know guys to you know guys like us guys who okay. uh, who grew up in the New York streets in like the seventies or whatever and like um, yeah it's it's so, so that's I don't know it's like I. I, th- that's that type of movie's not being made anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't think. You know, I mean, I guess it's what Gangs of New York was. Yeah, I don't I, know. I also feel like seventies, eighties. That's the last like the forties period piece. Yeah, the 40s. really dies out. That's yeah. the last time people are really being nostalgic for the forties <laughs> yeah. all that heavily. Because like you're nostalgic for old timey gangster movies, but then it's like after a certain point, people don't want to go back to the forties. No, yeah. Well, it's, and I don't think this movie fully does either. This movie definitely has has a lot of late 70s feeling to it you know and it's helped you know uh, in a huge way uh, by one of those aspects which is the laszlo kovacs cinematography which is like as gauzy and like soaked in you know mainly like different tones of brown but then once in a while just incredible streaks of other colors and just the cameras kind of floating around and landing on these great compositions with you know overhead shots interspersed and look I'm sure Stallone's not exactly calling all the shots behind the camera but him and Kovacs definitely create a very very uh, appetizing visual film no yeah it is it's such a heavy this, this is like a meat and potatoes visual film yeah. where it's like literally like, like so much brown and gray is thrown at uh, you in like the environments and even like the clothes that people wear just yeah. have like but then you get the nightclub where frank stallone yeah. is crooning and everyone is just washed in red as deep of a red as you could possibly get i like i love that that too like the nightclub contrast and it's like i feel like multiple times they just cut to armin DeSanti, who i think is lenny in the movie and is just like He's just distressed as fuck in the club, just upset. And, you know, I guess, you know, it was funny about this movie. You know, I guess it's it's Stallone, you know, maybe working out some directorial chops here. But it is like such a casually paced movie. Like yeah. it is it is like the like kind of like the first half of it is just kind of like Stallone just, you know, he's riding around. The hustle continues mentality. He's just setting the stage, just them yeah. hanging out. He's just a tramp hanging. in the street. Ba- yeah, basically. And yeah. one of his brothers does a Charlie Chaplin impression. And, you know, there, there was a recent post on Instagram by Sly himself sitting next to a statue of Charlie Chaplin saying that he was one of the great artists he wished he had an opportunity to work with. That would have ruled so hard. Uh, and, oh, and, my God. And, and, like, Stallone <laughs> in, like, one of the late period Chaplin films. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of, like, Brando yeah. or whatever. I mean, it's you know, I, I think it, it could work out. And you know, look, you know, it's funny. I, you know, I picked this and Mr. Lonely. You know, both have some Chaplin mm-hmm. impersonations. Definitely more pro Chaplin uh, movie this in this yeah. one. But like, I, I guess it's like this movie. It is like I like a lot of it. Like I, I think I, I, I like a lot of aspects of it. To be honest, like I found, I found it a pretty enjoyable movie. But it is like some of the pieces don't completely fit all together or oh, something like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. it's like. I don't know. For me, this is just more like, I mean, it looks beautiful and it's just a very, it's interesting to be on the wavelength of this movie. Mm -hmm. Like the early parts that involve like uh, buying, like getting a monkey in an arm wrestling competition (laughs) and then like having the monkey like tied up there to sell. (laughs) That's Stallone just doing bad comedy with the monkey. He's uh, letting himself shine. It's 
yeah, I don't know. There's a lot to enjoy well, here, but sometimes the zone out happens. It's weird yeah. that it's a film where his brother Victor, you know, kind of gets them out of this rut that they're in, where they're all just trying to make ends meet uh, through his wrestling. But it's like uh, Stallone and his other brother Lenny, uh, or is Lenny the other brother? Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, they're, they're like splitting the management responsibilities. It's kind of weird that it's like a Stallone vanity project where he's not like the guy doing stuff. True. You know? Also, yeah. like Armin Desante, like kind of like a DTV action legend in his own right too. Yeah. It's like both of them kind of take the back seat and let you know his buff brother kind of uh, fight. You know, and re- and that's kind of like the plot of the movie. Like it's kind of like you have these three brothers. You know, they're they're on uh, the fringes, you know what I mean? They're not making that much money, so Salone's always doing some goofy shit to try to make some money. There's, like, a local gang of people that they fuck with that they obviously hate. They're trying to get money out of them. Then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, lo and behold, Stallone finds, you know, Paradise Alley, and there's, like, fights, and, like, if you knock out, the you know, the in-house boxer, wrestler, or whatever, you know, you get, like, a, a hundred bucks, and, you know, eventually Stallone's brother... Uh, Victor, right? Yeah. Um, he knocks the dude out, kind of puts that dude in retirement, you know what I mean? And becomes the main wrestler there. And you kind of follow the kind of, I guess, boxing rest, just the fighting, I guess, the fighting yeah. career he develops and kind of the, the complications that it arises out of that. Well, it's, it's weird because what you describe happens about 45 minutes into the movie. So it's yeah. like 45 minutes of them just kind of ambling about trying to make ends meet, setting up the characters before the action happens. And maybe that's that kind of uh, new Hollywood character study pacing. But it does kind of do a number on you when it's like, all right, mm-hmm. I... I get that the the character uh, the the brother has to haul around bricks of ice with a claw, yeah. uh, and then it's used as a wrestling move later. Uh, it's like it's not that clever, I guess. No, yeah. Uh, but there's definitely some great imagery there, like when he's hauling those blocks of ice up uh, the flight of stairs, and then uh, when he decides to quit the ice hauling job to wrestle full time, he throws the big cube of ice, and you know the shards are flying everywhere and reflecting off the lens getting some lens flares and stuff and definitely some incredible images just kind of thrown in there out of nowhere that kind of catch you off guard in this movie no definitely i mean it it is like i kind of like its plotlessness in the beginning a little bit more rather than yeah when it tries to do tie something around or whatever which it like i feel like it doesn't even try that hard for the most part (laughs) to do that but like there are some things like like you said like yeah it just it doesn't feel really like clever and like the ending just kind of it just kind of ends where i guess it's like where else could this end you know what i mean but it is like kind of like stallone like walking around checking in on people you know trying to hit on girls and being like you know i'm like you know not having you know a dime in his pocket but being like i'm the man like i'm on the come up yeah watch me like i'm i'm like i'm long hair earring yeah like so much everyone's telling him like clean up your act cut your hair like you know, you got to know it's a trademark. Yeah. <laughs> Get it together. And Stallone's like, no, like I, I, I rule like I'm going to figure it. I don't know. It's there's just it's a man about town movie. You know yeah. what I mean? And I love who doesn't love a man about town. You know, I, I love a man about town. Yeah. Like guys who gets into people's like business. You know what I mean? And like Stallone, like he's just caring about the well-being of uh, the community while trying to, you know, get a little bit of his money. He's got his friends. He's got his enemies. I don't know. I feel like this kind of milieu is set up very well to where I could feel it. And then like, yeah, then there's like some pivots to that. Like the house that they all live in together seems like a very 
upsetting and dark place where like Stallone's beating rats with a, a baseball bat or whatever. Cockroaches. Oh yeah. Or cockroaches. Yeah. That, and, that scene is fucked up or it, yeah. that made me feel like I was in a madhouse when his brother is yeah. singing to the bird to wake it up. Uh, same thing over and over again. And the camera's just slowly dolling across the, the den they live in. And then it's just uh, Stallone, like seeing a bunch of cockroaches on a bunch of, bread i think or something like that yeah. it is lining up to to hit them and i don't know some of those scenes in that place like it gets pretty fucking dingy in there <laughs> like, yeah some of, some of the really muddy interiors of the fucked up places people live are like just fucked up looking <laughs> no that's that's why i said meat and potatoes visual stock because yeah. it is like like you you're given like this dingy kind of brown sheet and you're given like a lot heavy heavy helpings of it and it, it is just kind of interesting like you said when there's like other colors involved and like kind of intersect with that but yeah it is like even like kind of like the boxing environment to an extent like it still kind of like looks like that and yeah like everything's kind of like dirty and dingy in this movie i mean like kind of like that end fight where it's like raining and they're like oh. fighting in the puddles like that's gross like yeah. that's <laughs> no i mean that finale the 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 big fight at the end where they're they're fighting in in the rain even though it's an underground club i guess it's raining that hard in hell's kitchen uh i i love the the glorif or mystification of hell's kitchen here is like literally the worst place in the world because it's called hell's kitchen <laughs> so it's like we've got to get out of hell's kitchen man you know it's so messed up here the the clubs can't even keep the rain out i guess yeah uh, but yeah, that that's definitely the longest fight scene in the movie, and it's well worth it because it goes kind of between a a more real time style and then a more montage style, kind of going back and forth to show you just how long and gruesome the fight is, and people are just splashing up and down and just getting pounded onto the the mat, and the water's flying all over the camera, and yeah, it, it's definitely like one of the visual highlights of the movie. You know, just thinking of other aspects of this movie, like, you know, since we kind of hang around a lot, there's a lot of hanging around. We run into some, you know, some familiar characters. Yeah. Lo and behold, Tom Waits makes his return <laughs> to the Patreon. I didn't even realize this, but yes. I, I just want to torture Eddie with uh, <laughs> Tom Waits appearances and, uh, you know, even strums his piano a little bit in the in the movie. Well, and, I bet Eddie got so mad yeah, he got pissed off. But I also love when the first time Stallone, like w the first scene with Waits, like Stallone just pulls up on him and it's like, dude, are you like, when's the last time you've been with the whooping? He's like, uh, probably like since the depression, he's like, dude, you got to go get some pussy. And then he just leaves. He's like, I'm going to go on a date right now. You have to do that. And just Tom Waits is like, eh, all right. And then later on you see, you know, a woman sitting by his side. So I guess Stallone, he took Stallone's advice yeah. to heart, but that's such a funny, weird cameo for Tom Waits. Just his like first film role. Stallone's just like, go get a woman. <laughs> Stop! Stop playing around like a loser. Where, and he's where just was like, his, okay. like musical career in '78. I I don't really I think he was know releasing. I he was like, pretty pretty big. I think he's releasing albums. Like like I said, I have I'm not really I'm yeah not a Tom Waits historian. No, it was weird. His character's name is uh, the Mumbler, and uh, <laughs> he kind of mumbles away at the piano doing his Tom Waits voice, and it's it's funny. It's just like it, it's like it's funny that Stallone pro must have heard Tom Waits and thought. 
that guy sounds like he was in Hell's Kitchen in the 40s. Man. Uh, <laughs> Shit was messed up back then. And I'm also going to put myself in the movie and tell him to get some pussy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. Like the intro song or whatever. It's like, this is like, almost yeah. sounds like a, like a very bad Tom Waits. Yeah. yeah. Almost. Yeah. Stallone <laughs> definitely inflects that a little bit, but he can't help but get that like kind of show tune feeling that his brother also inflicts on the movie when he sings. And it's funny that you have a Frank Stallone, Sylvester Stallone, Tom Waits trio for the, who sings in the movie. It's just like I don't know. It's so strange in this being like the project that he really wanted to make because there are those parts of like a vanity project there with like him singing and whatnot and you also get him just dropping one liners like I an early one where he's like telling his brother that he needs to walk in front because he's nobody's fart catcher <laughs> and just uh, just like He's he's riffing with everyone, but it's yeah. like that aspect of like a star vehicle is there. But I mean, as you said earlier, it's just he steps by the side for all of this action. And I think that's like, I don't know, part of why I lose interest in the more yeah. plottier points, because it's like Stallone is just sort of letting things happen. Like, yeah. And like kind of like the Armand Asante like storyline kind of like develops a little bit further in the second half. That's not really like. The, the girl that Stallone was trying to get with, like, I guess, like, uh, Victor is the character's name. Um, I guess, like, he, they the were. No, the, the <laughs> oh. Armand Asante kick. Oh, like, okay, he's yeah. like. Lenny, L- Lenny steals uh, Stallone's girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Victor is the one who wrestles. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Well, Lenny, yeah, Len, but it seems like they had a relationship before. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. Like, and then, like, it dissolves again because Lenny's managing Victor too. And it's like, who cares? Yeah. It's really weird. You have this very long scene of Stallone outside of uh, like on her fire escape, you know, yelling into her apartment. Uh, I I forget if this is before or after she goes back to the brother, but like that's the end of their relationship. And then he goes back onto the rooftop. I think where he's continuing to just shout about her, I guess. (laughs) And then the other woman enters is just like, no, you know, come with me instead. And that's kind of wrapped up there pretty quickly. Like uh, the, I don't know. I mean, obviously the, the, the Adrian stuff in Rocky isn't exactly, uh, Annie Hall, but, uh, it's better. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This felt like incredibly clunky, even by, you know, Stallone star vehicle standards. Well, I thought like, that's the thing. Like when it's Lenny kind of like returns back to the girl Stallone was trying to get with and like Stallone shows up, goes up the fire escape at night sees like his brother's cane and he like and he i guess proceeds to camp out there all night and then you know confronts her when her brother leaves and it's like that's could be you know interesting from a dramatic standpoint now it's like stallone's like super jealous of his brother or whatever but yeah you're right it's just that character is just like it's like well what about me yeah and he's like oh yeah you know and like i guess so i guess so. <laughs> i can get pussy yeah. other places <laughs> so you know why not there are like some turns for like some more interesting things, but like sometimes like they feel like they materialize in ways that are kind of maybe unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Like also kind of like, I think like the, like it's interesting that we stay with like the wrestler who gets defeated by Victor or whatever. Yeah. I was about to bring him up. Yeah. Big Glory played by Frank McRae. A really great performance, honestly. It's yeah. like one of the more, it, 
even keeled fun performances because you also have like the the mob heavy dude who like is such a fucking ham i i forgot what that dude's name is but the yeah. main like uh gangster in the film that they're going up against oh yeah uh is so ridiculous and his his big heavy guy is frankie the thumper which is like <laughs> really didn't take long to write that <laughs> <laughs> but big glory's awesome and yeah uh sly and uh uh victor uh, hang around him and he goes into his like wrestling guy lair where his place is even shittier than the ones <laughs> where yeah. they stay. His place is like uh, the way it's lit and all you really see at one point is like his bed and just like a wall that is just like brown and black in different spots and it's it's insane. It's, yeah. Yeah. You, it, it's incredibly obscured uh, but his arc is like uh, I wouldn't say fully a tragic but kind of a uh, it kind of grounds the movie a little bit yeah no yeah it is like it, it does add some dramatic weight to it because it is like once that final fight happens it's like a long scene and it is like as it's like entertaining visually it could be it is like it, you, stallone is like it is kind of at like a remove in terms of like character obviously because it's like it's just, and it's so long that it's like yeah you do have this brief moment where like Stallone hangs out with this dude on Christmas in his Santa uniform or whatever. Oh, yeah, and yeah. and then then he you know Big Glory you know kills himself and like Stallone just kind of watches him and you know what I take it back. It. it is tragic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I forgot yeah. that he does kill himself for some reason. I I my my memory of the film checks out when he tries to kill himself and lands at <laughs> the dumpster. And no, I yeah. forgot that he just rolls over and falls into the ocean. No, yeah, he's just like oh, I can't even do anything right. Yeah. Plop, you know, yeah, I thought that was more of a like a come to realization moment. You know, I thought he was gonna go chaplain mode, save the guy from suicide, but wasn't quite. He went Phil Collins mode. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, and then he just sits there until the morning, till like I guess they're like we gotta go to, to the... prove that he was innocent. Yeah, you know? it's like we That's gotta. Sad he was. They're like we gotta go to the fight. It's like all right, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, and then you have another good shot of them all riding in the back of that truck, like that low angle shot where it's just the sky passing them, and it's mm. like just stuff thrown in like that. Just you know, it makes you think. Like so, you know, <laughs> despite the sloppiness, I guess, of a lot of this, there's also so much artistry at hand, as well as just like you know, I'm, maybe I'm overstating the sloppiness a little bit because it also is kind of just a good time to hang out with Sly. You know, no, yeah, like if, yeah. if you like Sylvester Stallone, you'll you'll like this movie. You'll at least give it a three. No, yeah, and I I I I've always found Stallone insanely charismatic. Like yeah. I, I've I've really always liked his acting, and like this is kind of a somewhat. He's definitely played roles that are similar to it, but it's just kind of like a different angle, I guess, from like the roles he usually plays. Yeah, he's not like in franchise mode quite yet. He's a, at this point, he's a young budding auteur who's like he just direct and did he direct Rocky or he wrote the first Rocky? I yeah, believe. and then he started directing. And then them. he started directing, but he he won an Oscar. You know what I mean for Rocky? And then he's like, all right, I'm gonna direct, write, star in you know my upcoming vehicle. You know what I mean? He was like hot shit at the yeah. moment in and terms i'll of like record a, the theme song yeah <laughs> in like in like a prestige type of way so it, it is like kind of interesting to see him make these decisions like in this point of his career and then it's interesting you know to see where it would lead in kind of a very different direction but like yeah i don't know it is like i feel like this i like i enjoy this movie and it's like unique it's definitely not like like in terms of like structure or story it's not like it kind of leaves a little bit less to be desired, but just, a, you know, if you're a Stallone fan, I think this is essential. Yeah. 
Uh, any final thoughts on this one, JT? I'd say that pretty much hits the nail on the head. Who do you I think agree- was the best singer? Um, uh, Stallone. Which one? <laughs> uh, Sly. Oh, okay. Wow. Disrespecting Frank Sly. <laughs> sure. Maybe. Yeah. I maybe. don't want to start any beef with him, actually. Can we get Frank on? Yeah. Maybe Maybe that's part of uh, our... Well, actually, we haven't revealed anything yet. This comes out Tuesday. <laughs> Nothing. Fuck. The next Patreon episode, since we didn't announce that on the podcast, is going to be on Michael Mann's Collateral. I watched a couple of Michael Mann movies this week, and I was like, duh. We haven't done a Michael Mann movie on the podcast, so we might as well make him pay for it. And he's he's, he's been so nice to endorse us. And he the, has been. It's kind of fucked up. We haven't really returned the favor. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's sometimes, you know, industry things, you know, sometimes things wrap around. It takes a little while. So JT and I saw Heat last night at the New Beverly Cinema, which we discussed in a couple days from now, if you're listening to these in order, uh, about the lack of accessibility for big boys at the theater. <laughs> it, it was like the loudest screaming. Yeah, like, that was, oh boy. That was, was my nice. ears were ringing. Like, was, quite literally, my, it, like, on the ruled. ride home and, like, when I was in bed that night, my ears were ringing a bit. Give me the scene report. What's what's popping down at the New Beverly? Who's What's uh, going on? Honestly, longest line I've seen, like, for a sold-out show, like, uh, earliest and longest line I've seen in quite some time. People yeah. were rolling out. Yeah. People were excited. The standby line uh, was itself was huge. So many, Damn. so many idiots thought that they could get in. <laughs> it's like it's sold out, buddy. Don't even try True. it. All these toxic man bros. Yeah. They got the tickets right when they <laughs> man <laughs> bros. <laughs> That's what I'm going. All right, I just I said that because I want to give a scene report to the Los Feliz Three where I saw a Wife of a Spy. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's a that's a scene. If that's I've a seen st- one. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys been to this theater? Or yeah, no? yeah, I saw right. Mulholland Drive okay. there a couple. Uh, I saw Ishtar yeah. and Mulholland Drive there. Okay. Recently. Yeah. There was there was you know, and I, I don't want to hate too hard, but there was someone. Given an intro, and it, I was, I don't know, I just received some slightly upsetting news, so I was already trying to, you know, just to like, all right, let me just get this movie zone out, you know what the I mean? The slightly upsetting news is that I was not going to be attending the screening. I, <laughs> I'm so mad that it. I wasn't that, it. but. <laughs> <laughs> I, like that, think, I like to think that the world revolves around <laughs> me. So that's what my Friday was all about, was me not being able to go to the Wife of the Spy. I, I think yeah. other people's Friday was also about that. <laughs> Who did the intro? I mean, some guy. I don't know. I didn't. He, I th- I came in right like he was kind of in the middle of it. I was like a, a couple minutes late. Uh, you know, per usual, too cool, too cool to show up. It's on a time. smaller theater yeah. than you'd think. No, it is. It is. And uh, I don't know. He was just like saying, you know, the masks or whatever. And then he was like, "If it was up to me, I'd make you all wear like three masks or whatever." And I was just oh, like. Boy. Give me, give there's, me a fucking there's a break. Lot, there, there's a lot less uh, of the mask crowd at the new Bev. For oh sure. yeah, I feel like that's dude. The I pop- boys are playing loose over there. I popped it off. <laughs> you know when, well, when the lights went a down. Beverage. No beverage, per- no beverage, popcorn necessary. <laughs> I might censor this so we don't get hate mail. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't do that. I'm just kidding. I know you did. <laughs> I know you're a beautiful person who never does anything to harm anyone. <laughs> well, I uh, yeah. not that I've you know <laughs> literally every single movie I've. We're finally gonna get taken a, down. Well, no, for... it's such a ridiculous system where it's like unless you're actively drinking or eating, and everyone has concessions, and like, you know, I haven't been to the movies and not at least got a bottle of water in like five years. 
Like really? that's just every single time. Like yeah. I'm a thirsty boy. I yeah. need to drink something. If I'm going to treat myself, it's a diet Coke, Yeah. but I'm at least getting a bottle of water and maybe a snack, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, every movie I've been to since the pandemic, I've had my mask off for most of it because yeah. I've been snacking or sipping. I was sucking my thumb the entire time, so <laughs> that's that's why that was my my excuse. And if I stop sucking my thumb, I kind of freak out, I kind of spaz. So that's what I kind of do to stay idle. So if you don't let me suck my thumb during screenings, I will spaz out, and I don't care about the mask mandate. <laughs> Kind of puts me to a point of sedation to where I don't act out or do anything strange. <laughs> you sound like a lot of the crowd at the New Beverly. <laughs> the thumb sucking horror t shirt wears. I was going to say, speaking of thumbs, uh, there was a dude in the front that I just remember like, I hear like five different conversations going on, and then I just hear from the very front row pre show chatter. Of course, this guy said, Well, Die Hard 2, Gene Siskel, thumbs down. <laughs> You know what's all right. Uh, <laughs> also, at, there's like a there's a point in the Wife of a Spy where Mizuguchi is referenced or whatever. Like, and like I was anticipating the art house laugh. You know what I mean? Be like the laugh of oh, haha, like the laugh <laughs> yeah, of yeah. recognition. I got it. The, yeah, yeah. And like I said, Mizuguchi heard it, heard the laugh, and then I laughed <laughs> at the laugh. Just to clarify, anyone who's at that screening wasn't doing the art no, house. I'm laughing at wasn't you. wasn't doing the art house, you know, laughter at hearing Mizuguchi being referenced, but laughing at the anticipated laughter, which is probably worse. <laughs> it's probably a it more think about the way we operate. I was gonna say that's probably a more annoying position even than the art house. But yeah, yeah. that's where I'm at. Well, that'll be that for this week's after hours feed. Uh, we'll see you next week. Night again now that Annie is back in town. Bubbles. How are you? When was the last time you were with a woman? Probably the depression, man. What are you saving it for? I don't know, man. Maybe maybe a big finish. <laughs> <laughs>